listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey friends, Jess here. Today we start a new podcast series. We're calling it COVID Confessions, and it's a series of interviews with women who are experiencing this pandemic in a variety of different ways. We're asking them what they've learned about God, what he's teaching them, where he is meeting them in this season. And we're also asking them what they want to take out of it, what they're taking with them into the future as our country and our world begins to heal. Today, we're talking with my favorite woman on earth, my mom, Deb Hopper, and this felt like such a special treat to bring to you guys in light of Mother's Day this weekend. She's the one I go to for motherly wisdom, but I have loved getting to watch her pastor and be the spiritual mother to so many others. So I pray this episode is just a dose of encouragement and life and hope and wisdom right where you're at. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. And it's always a great day for me on the Go and Tell Gals podcast when my favorite lady on mission is here. And I, I don't mind saying favorite. Welcome to the podcast, Deb Hopper. I love being your favorite. <laughs> I love being your, I love being your favorite too. We won't tell the other sisters right. that you just admitted Never. that. I'm sure they won't no. listen to this episode <laughs> either. So it's fine. It's good. It's good. It's fine. Good. I love it. Hey, this is my beautiful mother, Deb Hopper, who is the mother of mission in my life. But will you give mm-hmm. us a quick bio? You say your bio things and then I'll fill in, you know, the beautiful things that you might not say about yourself. Okay. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and was married for a season to Katie and Jess's dad. After that, was a single mom for about eight years. Then God brought my Boaz, our Boaz, to me, our Poppy, but my husband now of 25 years. During that season of being single again and meeting him, I was in the corporate world for about 20 years did a lot of business management, administrative management, and processes. I always felt a call to ministry from the time I was 16, but had not found the right time and place to do that, and had tried several avenues, even while I was a single mom, and it just, God did not open the door for that to happen. So I served in the church and in the community all the time that I was, you know, working and in the corporate world. But finally, in my 50s, God brought me to a place of paid ministry in the church. And I was the women's pastor and director of women's ministry Mm -hmm. for 10 years at Seacoast Church. Then once again, God just like really redirected me and my full-time vocation and told me to take it down a notch. And so I stepped away from full-time ministry and have since been doing very, very part-time paid ministry and mostly volunteer and serving my family. So that's me in a nutshell. I have three beautiful daughters and 10 amazing grandchildren. So cool. Smartest kids in the world. Oh, you're so sweet. So let's, let's catch up here because the first time we had you on the podcast, you were one of our first like five podcast guests. And the first time we had you on the podcast was fall 2018, which is 
crazy. Wow. And you yeah. were, you were like fresh off coming yeah. out of working in the church. What has shifted since then? What's changed since then? How, how have your views of mission changed since then? I have, a, again, a million things I would want to say watching you step into this season, but I want to hear in your words. Well, I feel like your husband, Nick, said it best when I was on that season of sabbatical and I was feeling a little bit lazy, a little bit like I wasn't doing enough. I'm a three on the Enneagram. So, you know, I like to achieve and check off a list. But Nick said, how long were you in full-time ministry? And I said, 10 years. He said, you need at least 10 months of sabbatical. Yeah. And so that eased me up a little bit from... And I was right in the middle of that 10 months when we had the, that earlier podcast. Mm -hmm. So it did ease me up a little bit from being in production mode. But then I did find that I started just adding things to my plate as people would ask me because I didn't want to say no. And yeah. so now a year and a half, almost right at the two-year mark, I'm finding that God's showing me ways to be productive, but also fruitful with less. Yeah. With less time, less wear and tear on my family, on me, on yeah. um, my energy. It's just, it's been really sweet to like get in that rhythm and find yeah. that, you know, being fruitful doesn't mean necessarily uber productive. It's so interesting. And, and you and I, we love Chasing Vines by Beth Moore. And if y'all haven't listened to that podcast episode, go back and listen to the episode with Beth where we talk about her book, Chasing Vines. But if the question is being fruitful, let's like, I'm just spitballing right now. So I would say if I, if I imagined a really fruitful season of my life, I would imagine I had clarity about where I, where I could serve, where I could impact people. I would also say a, a denotation of fruitfulness for me would be a longing in the people that I'm serving to be, to be led by me. Like they want it, they're asking for it. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then on top of that, like I'm seeing genuine fruit, like I'm seeing life change in them. So those would just be three things. Like I'm clear about, I'm clear about what I'm good at and where I can most impact those people want that from me. And then they're, they're experiencing fruit. You got those things in spades. I, I see that in your life. People, crave hearing from you in I mean to, to be in a season in our 30s where Katie and I and I know our younger sister Caroline are like help us <laughs> I don't know I don't know if there are any teen moms listening yeah. right now or even like young kid moms that cannot imagine that season but like we are desperate for your attention and time like we've never been I do I think you perceive that at least for sure I do I do <laughs> and it is so um it is so gratifying and so just full circle. And I would say yeah. that to moms of teens, preteens and teens. Yeah. And even early 20s, because there's that season where you just need and want to separate from yeah. everything of your biological family. And when they come back, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. So not only are we craving your time and attention, what, you know, one of the most beautiful things of that we're seeing in our lives is how much our kids are craving your time and attention that our kids literally, I'm not talking about our seven-year-olds and our eight-year-olds. I'm talking about our teenagers, our 13-year-olds, our 15-year-olds, our 16-year-olds ask hands down every time to have their birthday parties at Nani's house. That's where they want to be on their birthday. 
that's where they, that's where they want to go. That's where they all ask to have their birthday parties, which I'm like, I cannot, I love our mom, mom's mom so much. I love Nana so much. I would have never asked to have my 16th birthday party at her house. Like, I can't right. even imagine that, but that's what they, they, right. they want to be at her house. They ask like singular, can I just go over there one night this week? Just me. I just want time with her. That's so beautiful, but it's not just our family. I have this beautiful view into your life of watching these women in our church in Bright City who all of them want to meet with you. The single moms, the single women, you know, they want to hear from you. They like, they listen to your sermons and your messages. Like it's just gold. I've told you, I've, I've had to fight the feelings of extreme jealousy when they all call you mama Deb. And I'm like, well, she's not your mom. <laughs> she's my mom. Oh, Don't ever forget it. <laughs> you're very kind <laughs> but I, I love you're it really so I'm like that's a big delineator people are, yeah. are craving craving your leadership there's absolutely life change happening mm-hmm. and you seem to have like such a clarity and settledness I know that it doesn't it, it might not feel that way all the time but you seem to have such a clarity and settledness about like what you're good at and how you can impact and how you can lead and I'm I'm blessed well, I'm still searching. I mean, always, you know, asking God, like, yeah. is, is this too much? Is this enough? What, you know, what parts do we pick up, lay down? Because yeah. again, the achiever in me would just pick it all up. Yeah. But yeah. when you were talking about fruit and, you know, we got this from chasing vines when, when Beth talks about pruning and I've known about pruning my whole life, but there can be a lot of fruit on the vines when the Lord wants to, to prune it away. Yeah. And so you have to fight those feelings because between the pruning and the new fruit is like a season of almost death where it feels right. like there's emptiness. Yeah. And it's very hard for any of us to, to feel empty, yeah. but you have to like, let it be empty for a, a, a little bit of time before mm-hmm. the new fruit will come. Yeah, And I think that's the biggest takeaway that I have that I wish I would have had in my, my early days yeah. is that space and that margin, if you want to call it margin instead of emptiness, mm-hmm. has to happen for new fruit. Yeah. It that's has good. to happen for the oxygen to get in. And, and we're in a fast culture. We're in like a produce, 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 like instantaneous. It's really hard to have space and margin and feel okay with it. You have probably heard me talk about how much I love seeing a licensed Christian counselor if you've listened to the podcast for long, and I'm really excited today to tell you about a new partnership that we have. We have partnered with FaithfulCounseling.com to get you an incredible discount on your first month if you need to speak with someone in this season. They have over 3,000 licensed counselors across the U.S. that are available for video chat or phone sessions or even texting sessions so that you can get licensed, professional, faith-based counseling right where you're at. They work with women who are struggling with depression or stress or anxiety, sleeping issues, crisis of faith, trauma, family conflicts, and they don't just work with women. So if you need to tell a man in your life about this service, we want you to absolutely 
They have financial aid available for those who qualify and need help. It's convenient, it's professional, it's safe, it's secure. And again, it's all faith-based. I wanna encourage you to go to faithfulcounseling.com slash go and tell to get 10% off your first month if this sounds like something you need. Speaking of margin, speaking of space, let's dive into yeah. the obvious. Let's talk in data stats terms because you know I care about this and I'm paying attention. Yeah. So we are just past the peak in South Carolina here, where both of yeah. us are at, just past the peak in regards to diagnosed cases and deaths of coronavirus. We've been in quarantine. We've we've been staying at home. We've been sheltering at home. For both of us, this is day 37 of sheltering in place and and the world being different. And we had this podcast already scheduled and I have many scheduled in the next few weeks, but we decided to shift them and record them as encouragement in what I pray, perceive, hope, ask God is like a transition out that we'll start airing them, you know, as we know that our country, our world's going to, going to transition in different segments. Some people are going to be out this summer. Some people, it might be this fall, but we're asking the question, you know, what has God taught you through this? And what do you want to take into our new world as we emerge? Like, what do you want to take into this new season of culture that we're all about to step into that's going to obviously look very different? So let's start with what has God been teaching you in quarantine? What's he been showing you about himself? Well, I think for any of us, the initial response, the, the second week response, and the fourth week response were all different. Yeah. And we've seen that. We know that, you know, some of us responded right out of the gate with, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And, and that was me. So <laughs> initially, you know, I had the schedule. I had the project list. Yeah. I had all the things I was going to take care of, achieve, make the most of this quarantine time. I think, I don't know when it shifted for me. Maybe it was not until like week four. Um, and week five, I guess was last week, I started to feel a heaviness about all of that. And just like, I don't want to do those things. I'm not happy trying to produce. I'm trying to juggle not only the grocery needs and the household needs, but the need, the emotional needs of everybody in the family. Is, is this yeah. person okay? And just in prayer, even that felt like so much and we didn't even have the sickness that that so many people had to pray over and and deal with but anyway last week so it was like week five or six in one of my daily quiet times with the lord he just like blew up a passage from first peter and i've read this passage in this chapter first peter one a hundred times but for some reason last week it was so clear to me that it's about the process and about sustaining our faith and not about what we do or achieve or become during the process. It's just about sustaining our faith. Mm. It's really about not blowing our cover, not yeah. blowing our, our witness. And that in itself is enough of a work. So, you know, in first Peter, I've got it in my journal, like mapped out. So beginning of that verse three, it says it's because of his mercy that we're born again. So we've celebrated that at Easter, but we're born again to a living hope just because of his mercy. But then secondly, we're born to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. I mean, that's the inheritance that we long for. 
And it's not going to be the result of anything we produce or do here on earth. It's not going to be because I make my yard the most pleasant yard, which I do enjoy gardening and I enjoy being out there, but that's not an inheritance. You know, even what I feel like we're sowing into the, the grandchildren, that's not my inheritance. Even what money we're able to store up. That's not my inheritance. My inheritance mm-hmm. is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And he's protecting that. It says in First Peter that by his power that I'm being guarded through faith. So he's guarding my inheritance through my faith to that salvation that he's going to reveal in time. But he's not going to reveal it until I get to heaven. Mm. But then in like verse five or six, he says, for a little while, you've been grieved by various trials. Why? So that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor to him. And it just reminded me that when I was going through divorce, I thought I was pretty sane and normal and I had it all together. I was functioning on the surface. I was keeping all the balls, you know, juggled. But I read a book about halfway through my separation period called Crazy Time. And it was not a Christian book, but it was a psychological book about how in separation and divorce, you think you're acting normal on the outside, but your insides are a mess. And so give yourself a break because you're going through a crisis. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, when I read first Peter one last week, I was taken back to that. I was like, this is a crisis. You know, we're all kind of a mess on the inside and we're juggling, we're maintaining, we're keeping everything afloat. But the real prize is in heaven. And the real prize from the pruning and the fiery furnace that we're going through right now on the testing of our fate, we may not see for decades. Right. We right. literally may not see the result of this testing of our fate for 30 years, for 20 years. Right. And so there's not going to be an outcome that we celebrate right now other than maintaining our faith, which he's actually doing. We're not even doing If we're paying attention, if we're listening to him and if we're like staying tuned into him, like his power is what's going to keep our faith. So, so that was the the main lesson he's been teaching me. And I've, I've gone, you know, I've roller coastered. I've been just like everybody else. I've been like one day I can do this. The second day I'm, I'm helpless. Mm. The third day I'm back up again. I can do this. Mm. Really? We can't do any of it except through his power. Yeah. And we just need to rest in that a little bit more, I think. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Makes a lot of sense. And moving, moving out of this, as we transition out, what are you taking with you? I know you're taking a lot, but I mean, big things, small things, rhythms or truths or what feels like, okay, I know I want to take this with me. One thing I feel like I've learned in just observing and sometimes reacting is that fear manifests itself in so many ways. Fear has many faces. And so what's fear for me, it manifests itself in me through control. Like Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I've got 30 rolls of toilet paper, not overly hoarding, but I want enough, you know, I want to make sure I've got all the food my family needs. I want to make sure everybody's covered, but fear for somebody else may look entirely different. And so I'm trying, I really want to be more perceptive about Mm -hmm. that. I think we always look through our own lens and I want to be able to see when somebody's in fear and speak life over them instead of judging or thinking they're odd because they're different from me. 
Yeah. So that's one thing I want to take is just a better lens for observing fear in myself and in people close to me and in people that I just may meet for the first time. Yeah. That's That's one thing. Another thing is, again, just the the life balance. Boy, we've experienced some real joy in the heartache. Yeah. Some joy of like times at home, walks. We've been taking two long walks a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, we never made time for that before. Um, Being outside, enjoying nature, watching our mama goose on the pond. And just, you know, there's a book that says in Paris, they watch the day go by. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I very rarely, even coming out of full-time work, have watched the day go by until this time. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So yeah. I want to take more of that in into the next days. I love that. I love that. That's so good. Well, we're going to be watching you and following you and listening to you as we go. Not just the women in our family, but I know the women of our generation just... All right. What's Mama Deb saying? What's Pastor Deb saying? What what does it look like? We want to go where you're going. So I'm thankful we have you as a leader. We love you. Hey, friends who are listening. We love you guys. We pray grace and peace and wisdom all over your life, right? Where you're at as you are transitioning into this new world. We pray you perceive the nearness and goodness and wisdom of God and any parting words to our women on mission right now, mom. Just to spend time with God, you know, don't, don't let that get squeezed out. Yeah. Um, whether it's first thing in the morning or I've found some really sweet times in the garden, like when my hands are in the dirt, just talking to him mm-hmm. um, or taking a walk, but just spend time with him. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. He's so yeah. personal Yeah. and we have to be not only have like our eyes in his word or hearing his word. But then we have to just have time to just talk to him, you know, just like we would talk to a friend. Yeah. So just talk to him because he's a good father and he wants to speak to us. Amen. We love you, friends. We pray you are well, and we pray that you are experiencing just the thrill of mission as you go and tell the good news that you have been created to. We love you. It's for the good of others and the glory of God that we gather. And so we send you out in that too. In Jesus name. Bye, y'all.